Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now, your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude. Dude. Pure Sharks dominance after the All-Star break. Dominance, dude. Dude, we haven't podcasted for a while, and there's been ups No and losses. No losses. No losses since the All-Star break. That's right, dude. It's amazing. Yeah. Six in a row, dude. Six in a row. And it all started with Washington. And uh, the next game's against Washington. So I guess, can we assume it's going to end? I No. No. We can assume it's, it will continue. It will continue. The Sharks are now the uh, best team in the NHL not named Tampa Bay. Right. And they are on top of the Pacific Division. They are the top team in the uh, Western Conference, sort of. Nope. I take that back. Winnipeg. Winnipeg has more. Is ahead because they have two more wins, but they are tied in points with the Winnipeg Jets. Dude, the Sharks are peaking at a very exciting moment. Yeah. You just hope it's not too soon. Right. But uh, they're playing so well. Um, you know, dude, I mean, take out the Washington game. How many goals have they given up? Two, 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 two. Right? Two, 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 all uh, the way through. Scoring seven, five, five. Dude, I mean, and then in the game, win against Washington, seven again. Yeah. In, in four of the six wins, they're scoring over five goals. Yeah. Like it's just, and really, uh, the last three wins, just destroying. Yeah. They're just killing people. The Canadian teams. Yeah. And their division, just completely destroying them. They embarrassed Calgary, they which did. was hilarious. In Calgary. That they pulled their goalie. I put in Mike Smith, who was too busy yelling on the bench to realize that right. it was time for him to play. That was great. Um, and then they play Edmonton, and that was an embarrassment for Edmonton. Well, Edmonton's just bad. And then they played this poor kid in Vancouver <laughs> who probably needs to, you know, change out those pads and goalie shorts because, I mean, they owned him for seven. Poor guy. That's not fair. It's not fair at all. Yeah. It's not fair to do that kind of stuff. It, no. You know, you just put in some poor some poor kid and you put him against one of the hottest teams in the NHL yeah. with some of the most balanced scoring. Good guess, luck, kid. Guess what's going to happen? Yeah. It wouldn't have mattered. No. The, they, I don't think so. They could have played Luongo in his prime and Van- it wouldn't have mattered. Vancouver's not bad. They're surprisingly not bad. Like, I thought they were going to be real okay. bad. So, Vancouver's record is not bad. They're not good, though. No. There's a lot of teams sort of I, in that middle bracket, dude. Are they the team we didn't draft? No, we didn't draft Ottawa, right? Ottawa, I think, was the team we didn't draft. <laughs> I don't remember. The team we don't draft always makes the playoffs. It always And Ottawa makes the will be playoffs. the ones that uh, break that streak because Ottawa they is are terrible. 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 They are the worst team in the NHL, and yes. they don't even get to keep their pick. Yeah. Remember? Oh, my God. <laughs> it goes to Colorado. Uh, so not only will Duchesne probably not resign, yeah. but they'll lose their top pick. <laughs> they won't even keep Duchesne. What a train wreck. House yeah. of Horrors, dude. Yeah. Uh, but the Sharks are certainly not a house of horrors. Going into this uh, stretch drive here, I mean, there's still, you know, 26 hockey games left to be played. 
But with the trade deadline coming around the corner here, dude, in just about a week, mm-hmm. um, teams are starting to make their moves. We see the Penguins make a move for Nick Butte's dad. Yep. Um, you know, the Sharks, what will they do? What will they not do? What will the teams around the Sharks do? Right. Sharks are doing all this, by the way, without... Without Eric Carlson. Which is pretty crazy. Pretty amazing. And frankly, I think a good move. Now the rumor has finally come out. As always, teams are very close to the vest on what the nature of various injuries are and problems. But I think... I don't know if it's been officially confirmed. I'm sure it will never be officially confirmed. But it seems like a couple different sources claim it's a, it's a groin injury. Mm. And having had one and being a hockey player before, they are not pleasant. No, and they're dif- miserable, and they're difficult to come back from, and it's uh, not not a lot of fun. And so, the so fact then, this- why did he play in the All Star game, dude? I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to. Well, I don't know. Okay, yeah, okay. And, or, or he's just like you know, I can I can be in this event and play it. 60 percent sure. well the the entire pacific team appeared to play at 60 percent <laughs> they were terrible you're being nice it's more like 30, <laughs> terrible 30 percent well dude let's go back in time a little bit and go back to the all-star game because i had the uh, uh ability to go to the fan fest yeah yeah tell Did me about not that go to the game but went to the fan fest on the day of the all-star game with my family and it was a lot of fun dude i mean go walking around downtown uh they really did a nice job in uh, Cesar Chavez Park of uh, representing the NHL and putting up uh, different hockey pucks with all the different team logos on them. And um, you felt like there was definitely a cool event going on. And in the convention center, they had a great setup, uh, a ton of activities, a lot of meet and greets with uh, the day we were there, real focus on the mascots. Uh, mascot musical chairs. Gritty. Uh, I'm sure oh, Gritty dude, was there. Gritty was, I mean, all over the So, place. my daughter is six and she's been drawing pictures of Gritty. Nice. I mean, he was, th- that That was really funny. I mean, like, definitely the most entertaining mascot was Gritty. Everybody loved Gritty. They had this cool children's book that we bought for my daughter who has, we've read it several times and she's aware of all the different mascots and it was just cool. I mean, she's nice. shown more interest in hockey since we went um a lot a good kids area um like a sort of a broom hockey area yeah, yeah. uh you could wait four hours to take a picture with the stanley cup oh my which, goodness uh, did not do uh, smart uh, smart did not participate in the uh fireside chat with douglas murray <laughs> although i did stand <laughs> next to him for like about five seconds and that was made me feel very incompetent. <laughs> he he uh, is a large human. Yeah, still guy. looks like he could play. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in good shape. Big guy, big guy. Um, it was a good event, dude. Nice. I mean, uh, glad to hear it. A lot, of, you know, got to see better than the games. Apparently, <laughs> well, they they had uh, all the trophies out. You know, all the major trophies out on display. Getting to kind of check those out and see you know, um, the history behind all that. And, uh, they had a good representation of sharks players. Our boy, Danny Boyle was there. Not, nice. not the day that we were there, but that day they had Jr. and they had, uh, JR. Owen Nolan. Uh, well, Owen Nolan, you know, certainly the, the owner of the most famous, uh, all-star moment. Oh, in sharks history, for in sure. sharks history, for sure. Maybe even in all-star history. I mean, right. everybody talks about the call, the Owen Nolan called shot, right? 
and to have that actually take place in San Jose by a San Jose Shark. And then he did better. not win the MVP of that All-Star game. Did you realize that? Yeah. I I, I didn't remember that until they brought it that up. That was back when they just gave it to the guy who had nine goals or whoever. I know. <laughs> just like, who cares? And on his own home ice, <laughs> having the most iconic moment in All-Star game history, yeah. and he didn't even win the MVP. Yeah. Stupid. Yet no one remembers I who know. won the yeah. All-Star MVP. <laughs> I know. I know. It just it was a funny uh, fact that came up during... I mean, so, there's a John Scott joke here somewhere, but I'm going <laughs> to try to avoid it somewhat. Anyways, dude, uh, enjoyed it. Um, good family fun. Yeah. I would totally go again if the opportunity presented itself, which it probably won't for 15 years. At but, least, yeah. Um, uh, if there are other listeners who want who want to share their experience, um, would love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, I want to hear about all those kinds of things. It's a, you know, it's a it's a fun time, and and it suits the right purpose. You know, it hits the right note, which is it should be fun for the players. It should be fun for the fans. You know, the time has passed where these games used to mean something. You know, back forty years ago, the All Star Game meant something. Right. There was even a period of time for those of you who have looked at some NHL history to know that at one point it was the Stanley cup winner versus everybody else. Uh huh. Um, and you know, those games had some, there was some, th- sure. That was, those were real games. Yeah. Those were real yeah. games. You know, it's like everybody else was not happy about the Stanley cup winner. They wanted to make sure that they lost those kinds of things. It was not, it was not just a cakewalk. And, it seems like in all professional sports, the all-star <laughs> game, like the meaning of it. Has, ugly, dude. Wouldn't that yeah. get really ugly? Yeah. I would think if you were any owner of any of those situations, wouldn't be happy with that at all. Right. You don't want to have your team out there just getting run. Right. <laughs> you know, I, maybe it was like a pride thing at the time. You know, I don't know if they thought of, of it as a liability or a, a uh, opportunity to get hurt or something there was there was real uh, meaning behind it but oh. you know those days have gone and i'm glad the nhl have gone the way they've gone which is to make it fun and to do this funny three-on-three thing like the the you know i can't speak for everybody but certainly the the five-on-five games in the oh, most recent terrible. past yeah, yeah, yeah. so this was bad. entertaining um the Pacific team was just so bad. Yeah. I don't, but I, but you know what? The best part out of it was that John Gibson got booed <laughs> completely out of the arena, which was hilarious. That's, that's yeah. So, and people are like, oh, I feel bad for him. No, come on. And now looking at the duck standings, they were right. <laughs> they were right to boo him. <laughs> right. Because the ducks are not good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love that both those teams down South have, massive issues yeah you know, massive issues and are going to have trouble you know they're well they signed Kovalchuk and you know, there's rumors that the Kings are trying to move him that's right that's you what know? I've heard and, okay like right what did you think was going to happen like you well know? the Kings look I mean you know hindsight's always twenty twenty, but dude I mean at the beginning of the year some people picked the Kings to win the division well some people are dumb. Yeah, some people were wrong, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the worst bet in the world to think the Kings were going to be decent. Yeah, I mean, and, and the Ducks have certainly been snake bit by injuries, but you know that is an aging core that you know Randy Carlisle falls on the sword, but somehow yeah. Bob Murray remains and now is also coaching the team, right? Because they're going to promote Dallas Aikens because he's doing a great job with their AHL team. Okay. So, all right. Yeah, it's good to see the Ducks and the Kings both uh, in the toilet in our uh, division, as well as Edmonton. Yeah. I take a lot of joy in that. And they fired, and Edmonton fired their GM. Yeah, finally. It, it, and 
like right after he made like maybe one of the dumbest deals of his tenure like he makes that deal and then they, like if you're gonna fire him like why let him make some deal f- like he did like, what just what was the deal you're talking about oh, I can't remember. brandon manning i can't do you hear about this one so um <laughs> i think it was drew remender who was talking about it i don't know if this is the trade that you're referring to but brandon manning who i think is the one who hurt Connor mcdavid like yeah. two years ago right yeah yeah, yeah. so they traded for him this year. Now he's on the Oilers. Right. I knew and, that. And Drew Remender was like, how does that go? When he walks <laughs> in the dressing room, he's like, hey, guys. <laughs> it's me. And because McDavid evidently called him like one of the most gutless, like, right. you know, low life human beings on the planet. And now he's on the team. And Drew was, I gathered from his interview on KBR that, you know, they didn't talk to mcdavid about whether it was okay oh my god can you imagine how could you not well oh my god you fired the gm for that alone that well he was fired pretty shortly after so yeah and it's funny (laughs) how the basically they got nothing for taylor hall right because they traded taylor hall for adam larson adam larson and or no the Everlay sorry the Everlay trade was for nothing because they traded Everlay for Strom and they traded Strom for some other guy and then they just released the other guy yeah Spooner yeah Spooner yeah, so they Spooner. traded Everlay for nothing they traded Everlay for nothing yes yeah <laughs> how about the New York Islanders we don't need you John Tavares we're better without you how about that uh by far the <laughs> biggest surprise in the NHL and it's not close not uh, close I mean pretty wild I mean that's a team that you look at and you go I don't know what their plan was or there can't be any way that they thought that this was going to happen, right? So the New York Islanders have scored the second least amount in their division. They're, they have only scored two goals more than the New York Rangers. Every other team in that division has scored more. They are just giving up nothing. Right. They, they have given up 30 or more fewer goals than everybody else in the division, but they are not scoring. Right. I don't know if this is a recipe for playoff success, but it seems to be working for them. Well, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if they're just going to stay the course and hold on to any assets that they have, or if they're going to be ones that are in play for a Matt Duchesne or a, a Stone or a Panarin. They got you know, cap room. <laughs> you know, I mean, are they going to try and make a move here? Um. Or are they just going to you know, hold on to what they have? It's hard to imagine that they will emerge from the Metro, right? I mean... That seems... I right? mean, especially since Washington is as good as they are. I Although think we'll, Columbus is in a really terrible position because... Yeah. What are they going to do? Like, are they... They got to trade those guys. So, but if you're Columbus, don't you want back something that you can use now? I think you just try to get the most possible value. You almost have to write the season off and just say, I just want you. I mean, do you really want to go get Wayne Simmons or something? I mean, that's not going to be worth it, you know? No, but um, it will be interesting to see if they do something like, you know, trade Panarin for a bunch of assets and then turn around and trade those assets for Matt Duchesne. Right. You know what I mean? Like um, if they're just willing to flush the season or if they're going to try and, uh, you know, there was a, I can't remember, it was on The Athletic, I think someone wrote that, you know, Columbus should trade Bobrovsky and then try and get quick from LA. Wow. So that you're not waving the white flag, you're then getting rid of the guy who 
doesn't want to stay. Yeah. And whatever you got for him, you turn around and give it to LA, who probably wants picks and prospects. Yeah. And you want a goalie that is still, you know, maybe not what he was, but still good. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And signed to a long-term deal. So it'll be interesting to see if you're a Columbus fan, that's going to be really hard to swallow. If if they're like, uh, just kidding. <laughs> but they're they're in just such a terrible position because it seems so unlikely that they're going to keep either no, of their two best think, players. No, they're not. They're they're not staying. Yeah. So and you've got to think that that dressing room's got to be a mess, right? Okay, yeah, it's got to be a mess with Tortorella. It's got to be great. <laughs> anyway. I mean, I don't wish them luck. I hope that they suck. I, yeah. I want it all, you know, the Sharks are definitely in position right now in the Western Conference to, you know, who's better than they are, dude? I mean, who's who's better that you would look and go, gosh, I'm really concerned about? Certainly Winnipeg and Nashville are the only two teams I think that are close. I mean, I mean Calgary certainly, but then when we beat them so bad, it seemed like, mm, okay. Calgary's lack of goaltending is, a, I mean, and we were talking about this earlier. Before we started to record, if Calgary traded for Bobrovsky, then I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned. You know? Oh, yeah. I would be concerned. But if they trade for Cam Talbot <laughs> to try and shore right. up their goaltending right. woes, you know, uh, then they're just spinning wheels. I mean, I think if they're really going to say, well, David Riddich is our guy, you know, then yeah. it's the same issue that Calgary's been having over and over and over again. They haven't had good goaltending since Mika Kippersov. That's true. I mean, they, they just haven't. It's been a revolving door of people. Yeah. Brian Elliott's going to work. Nope. You know, uh, let's bring in the next guy. Mike bring in Smith. the next guy. Yeah, Mike Smith. I mean, he's been terrible. Yeah. So uh, that's a that's an issue. I think if they play Vegas in the first round, which, you know, is something else that we've... in the Sharks and Flames have really separated themselves from Vegas, right, dude? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so now it's, it's a full... Uh, eight points between Calgary and Vegas. And it's another, what, nine points between Vegas and Vancouver. So, And Vegas is no sure thing. No, actually, I'm sorry. They are. They're, they're significantly yeah. ahead of the other teams. But, they're ahead. Um, so they're going to be the three seed. Yeah. So if you're the Sharks, you've got, to, you've got to keep the one. You've got to. Right now... Vancouver wouldn't actually They wouldn't make it. You'd play you'd play Minnesota. The Boudreaux special. Yeah. I mean it's That's right. That's a great You would play that'd Minnesota be a great, that'd be a great or you've got to play Vegas. Like it's a big difference. Yeah. It's a huge difference. That's a huge difference. Between what could be a five game series and what could be a seven game series. Right. Because Vegas, that's gonna be hard. You don't want that until the next round. Let Calgary deal with that crap. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, dude, certainly the next big thing coming up here in the next week or so, I think it's the 25th, so it'll be 12 days from now. And and let's be honest, we're probably not going to record between now and then. Our, our schedule has been so great recently. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's possible. Well, we should still talk about the trade deadline because that's sure. that's a big thing. And the, and the Sharks have been, are traditionally active in at the trade deadline. Certainly the Sharks got Evander Kane last year and plenty of other players over the years. And so, as always, there's talk about how the Sharks might be involved, who the Sharks might be targeting, you know, the big names that are out there right now, Wayne Simmons, Michael Furland, um, I don't know, you know, you, you see crazier ideas, you know, Dougie Hamilton and all this, but by most accounts, the Sharks just 
don't have the ability to go after any of these top guys. So really the big question for us as Sharks fans and for the Sharks organization is, are they going to go for anything? What do you think? Um, I think Doug Wilson will be bargain hunting. You know, I think that we could expect maybe a Eric Fair type thing that's going to cost a minimal asset because they don't have any draft pick capital to deal from. None. You know, they're, None. They would have to give up a minor league prospect who they also, you know, while the Barracuda are good, like there's not a lot of great prospects on that team. They've got right. a lot of good AHL players on that team. That's right. So if you're Doug Wilson, do you want to trade Ryan Merkley? No. For no. six weeks <laughs> no. of Matt Zuccarello? No. Right? Like, no. like that's that's an easy answer, right? And I think then the other part of this is, well, would you trade someone off the current roster? Would you trade Barkley Goudreau? Would you trade Kevin LeBanc, who seems to be the name that comes up the most? Yeah. yeah. And probably is the most valuable player that could ever be available because... You know, Timo Meyer is not available, right? No, no, no. Another name that could be available who's clearly been passed on the depth chart is Joachim Ryan. And Tim Heat is the one who's playing right now. Yeah, which is weird. I'd never would have called that one. Well, I mean, I think it could be a skill set thing too. Mm -hmm. Like, if the Sharks feel comfortable enough to deal their eighth defenseman, who they've needed at times. Oh, yeah. You know, um, if they want to deal that player to get another forward then they could um they have the the cap space to absorb somebody right that they do that's the one thing they definitely have is they could probably take on a player that makes four or five million dollars a year based on how the cap is prorated and all this crazy stuff but yeah if you read kevin kerr's certainly the 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 role he's looking at his fourth line i don't think Kurz is a big fan of Barkley Goodrow. He does. He thinks that fourth line center role is the one that we need—a fourth line player. And uh, you know, Eric Fair is the guy. It's I'm, and I'm sure there's a lot of Sharks fans, including us, asking themselves right now, why did they let Eric Fair go? Because he's playing. He is, and but he was given a two-year deal, I think, by Minnesota. So, but for a million dollars a year, sure, or something. But, I mean, it, it was not a cap buster. Well, I mean, but the Sharks had him. I mean, it would it would have doubled his salary and an extra year commitment, and I don't know. I mean, yeah. they, I mean, the Sharks certainly know what their salary expected salary commitments are going to be moving forward. I mean, they did just give that money to Lukas Radil, yeah, right? Right. So yeah, there was something about it that they they didn't want to make that commitment to him. Um, and maybe they're regretting it now. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe. Although I just I don't think that that situation is super dire. Like I mean, right. Barkley Goudreau isn't terrible. Like, no, that's we're not true. In a, that's true. In a position where the, I mean, there were a couple of years where the Sharks' fourth line was bad. Like, like you did not want to see them on the no, ice. No, you didn't want to see them on the ice. We don't have a player like Michael Haley, right. who you can't play. Is although he still I playing? I don't even know. He's on Florida. I'm gonna look. Like that you can't trust or you can't use. Like we don't have that. They've done a good job of moving away from that. So, um. I don't think the Sharks are going to do anything, to be honest. I don't think they will. Michael Haley has played 24 games this year, three points minus two, 30 penalty minutes. That's, I, Mike, that's Michael Haley. I think my fear is that the teams that are probably 
So I think the Sharks are perceived as the leader in the clubhouse right now in the Western Conference. Right. As they should be. And that Winnipeg and Nashville and Vegas and Calgary are going to make moves to try and catch up. Because the Sharks made a big move in the summer. <laughs> yeah, they did. And uh, a little one. that was their move. Yeah. And then they made a huge one just a couple months before that. They, I mean, they've, they've made two huge moves. They added Evander Kane and they added Eric Carlson. Yeah, if you talked to us a year ago and said the Sharks are going to have Eric Carlson and Evander Kane on this team in a year, you, we wouldn't have believed it. Sure. There's yeah, no way there's we would no way. It. So I think they've made their big changes, and I don't think they're going to look to do anything else. And I think that they could be asking for trouble by moving out LeBanc and bringing in a, you know, Marcus Johansson instead. Like, yeah. is that really better? And, 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 you know, I don't know. These guys all seem to like each other. What's that going to do? Right. When you trade away a 24-year-old kid who's on a cheap contract who you could have for a while as part of this core and bring in an unrestricted guy. Right. You just bring in a, a mercenary kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, unless it was a clearly an impact guy like Bill Guerin. Right. Hey, he had a hat trick <laughs> in his first game as a Shark. I know. I was there. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Anyways, dude, I, I mean, I, I, I think... I'm happy with the Sharks roster. I don't think they'll do anything. I'm more concerned that the teams that are chasing us are going to make some significant moves. You know, we've already seen Nashville add Brian Boyle. We've uh, and the prices are high. I like Brian Boyle. Me I, too. I always have. Always A like second Brian round Boyle. pick for Brian Boyle. Yeah, <laughs> dude, doesn't Brian Boyle have cancer? So you give a second round pick for a fourth liner with cancer. That's right. So what's the price for a <laughs> second layer that's healthy? I know. Or what if he just has like eczema? Is it? <laughs> well, that's a first. That's a first round pick, right? right? If Brian Boyle only had eczema. Bunions, that's a prospect in a pick. That's right. Brian Boyle, I'm, I'm, we're kidding, of course. I mean, yeah. we're glad that he's healthy, dude. We're glad that he's healthy. But it is say a lot. I mean, like Brian Boyle's never been like a, you know, a top line player. He's an important role player. Right. That's a huge price to pay. It is. It and, is. And clearly Nashville is all in. Like there's like, okay, we need, we'll, we'll add whoever sure. we think we need That's to add. That's a good pickup for them. Yeah. I would love the Sharks to get Brian Boyle. I, yeah. That would have been awesome, but not for a second. That's the only pick we have left. I know. We, <laughs> we have like, th then we'll have like three, have six seven, rounds over like, the next. You're like, okay, well, we traded Kevin LeBanc for Brian Boyle. Yeah. No. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, no, that's not okay. Like, so I don't think that they're going to do anything like that. And I don't think Doug Wilson will react if Nashville adds Panarin, right? Yeah. Or Calgary adds Bobrovsky. He's not going to feel like, well, I have to now. Right. I have to go like completely clear the decks in order to get Wayne Simmons or right. Michael Furland. Marcus Kruger is yeah. coming. Marcus Kruger. So, yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the only other thing that, you know, maybe bears discussion is, you know, obviously we had some fun at, at Calgary's expense a few minutes ago because their lack of goaltending. Well, the Sharks are sitting on two well below league average goaltenders right now. But not the way he, Martin Jones has been playing lately. And they're all in. I mean, like, uh, I think Kevin Kerr said Martin Jones is their ride or die. Like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. not going to do anything about that. Like, you, you're you're in it to win it with him. So, and he's been good lately. And Dell was good in his last game, too. So, and the same thing, you want to trade like a second in Kevin LeBanc for six weeks of Jimmy Howard. Like, does that really make you feel a lot better? Like, <laughs> not particularly. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, I know the James Reimer thing was really great a couple years ago when he came in and was able to really take 
some of the load off. But then you look at someone in Florida gave him like a four year contract after that. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not going to be happy if the Sharks trade a fourth for Cam Talbot and have him come. It's been terrible. Like how is he better than Aaron Dell? I, I agree with you. There, there's been some pretty good uh, discussion actually on the comment threads and about goaltending and what people will do and, and, and Jones and all this kind of stuff. We, we definitely read your comments. We appreciate them and stuff. And I think it, it certainly seems like, you know, people are like, yeah, I think people are kind of where we are, which is, okay, This is this the ideal situation where the, the Sharks have two guys that are below 900 safe percentage? It's not ideal, but this is the bed that the Sharks have made. And, you know, I'll, I'll go back to that well, which I've said so many times, is it's really difficult to find goalies that consistently perform above Gleave average. There's like four or five of those guys. Sure. And Martin Jones is not one of those guys. And there aren't any of those guys that are available and certainly not available for a price that the Sharks are anywhere close to being able to pay. So it's not like we're going to go out and get carry price here. Well, Martin Jones is just, he, he's recently removed from from being an outstanding goalie on our Stanley Cup run. That's right. Like, he is not a below league average goalie. He's not. And and at the beginning of the year when he was playing like garbage, the entire defense was playing like garbage too. That's true. So it's not like they were helping him at all. Like they were leaving him hung out to dry. We saw so many odd man rushes. He wasn't making big stops, but he was put in impossible situations night after night. That stuff has really stopped. I mean, like you've really seen that get cleaned up. Yeah. by the Sharks. They're not allowing those kind of situations to happen. And he's making bigger and bigger stops. I'm not worried about Martin Jones. I'm just not. And one thing we can we can take solace in is the fact that it seems like Mark Edward Vlasic has changed his game since he came back from injury. Like, he is distinctly better. Yeah, well, maybe he was hurt. I think I think he was. <laughs> you know? um, and that's why the way the Sharks are playing right now, th- there's no rush to bring Eric Carlson back. Let him rest. Yeah, we want him healthy for the playoffs. We don't right. want him dealing with some lingering groin issue because yeah. that affects the way you skate. It affects the way you turn. It affects just about everything. And that's not something you want him to be worried about, you know, in game six versus Nashville or no, something. Right? right. The depth of the Sharks has been, this is the deepest team I think we've ever had. You know, they've got two defensemen not playing night after night when healthy who are capable of playing regular NHL minutes. They've got, you know, players like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, is Ante Su- Suomela all of a sudden the worst hockey player in the league? He's just not good enough to crack the lineup right no, now, no. right? But, I mean, the guy, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's garbage. No. If he had to play, he'd be fine. Yeah. Like, he'd be fine. So they've got two guys in that case that are not playing regularly, that are capable of playing regular minutes. Uh-huh. This is why I think they're just going to stand pat, dude. I think that they're... Unless something really falls into their lap. Sure. And maybe it will. And he's good at, at finding those, you know, the year that he got you got rid of Klo and uh and Douglas Murray and Hansel and ended up with Torres and Scott yeah. Hannon and then the team like peaked yeah. at that point. So, right. you know, maybe right. he will find something like that, you know, um available. But this really seems like it's a seller's market right now that I don't think he'll engage in. Right. Especially at the top end. You definitely don't want to get into some sort of crazy bidding war. With no, something. and he's, they don't have the ability to... To do it anyway. No, they don't. They're not going to... They don't have the assets to get involved in any of that. But yeah, so it's 
it, it's a it's not what I expected to happen over the last six games. Let's put it that way, where they just start killing. It's exciting. People, well, especially I mean, with Eric Carlson out. Sure, you just hope that they are able to continue to play consistently, and that this isn't happening too soon, where they're finding their stride. Um, a little too early. Well, one thing that we talked about, I think maybe in the last show or the one before that, is it seems like the Sharks didn't seem like they were super concerned about winning the division, and it seems like now they are. They should be. And they should be. It's a huge, you know... Especially at this point, like having to play Vegas in the first round, Yeah, the Western Conference winner from last year, like that is a huge disadvantage. If you have to play Vegas in the first round, like nobody wants to do that. (laughs) Nobody. Yeah, maybe the toughest place to play a road game. That's right. And... Um, and not a great matchup for the Sharks. Like we know that they've struggled against that team for the last two years. So, what? Sorry, I'm laughing at this headline. Senators should be buyers at the trade deadline. What? Wait, what? Well, dude, I mean they they are. I mean they can take on contracts, but they're in trouble. Like oh, I mean they're gonna lose all their best players. Are gonna be gone. They and they don't even have the first round pick. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's gonna be an interesting uh, terrible. I don't. I don't feel like this is going to be a, an explosive trade deadline this year for some reason. I assume Simmons is going to go, but but hasn't hasn't Philly won like their last nine games or something? I think they. Uh, I don't know how much they're. I think they've kind of leveled off a little bit. But I mean, the, the someone wrote a really great analysis of Wayne Simmons saying basically that he's not good anymore. Like, I mean, he's <laughs> he's not good. Yeah, you know that when ever since he got moved off the top line, all of a sudden they started winning. So you Oops. know, I oh, mean, oh. buyer beware, basically. Burn. Like you know, there was an article about him, and I think it was Cody Cece of Ottawa basically saying it looks like on paper that these are like really good additions to your team. You don't want them. Like <laughs> they're not going to help you. Wow. Like they're actually you know, going to suck the life out of your dreams. So let's hope they both end up in Vegas and Calgary. That's funny. <laughs> actually, a, a, fr- a friend of my wife's who uh, is in Canada, he actually uh, texted on on his behalf to me and said, tell Mike I hate Patrick Marlowe now because he's a Leafs fan. Uh, I guess Marlowe was going through one of his inevitable slumps uh, that we've seen so many happens, times. You know, it's it like he just disappears for three weeks and then uh, I hate this guy now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those Toronto fans. Where are the where are the Panthers at exactly? They're, they're, I mean, obviously they're still in the playoff picture. The Leafs? Yeah, I mean, the I Leafs think are that they're second. Yeah, so they're going to have you know, to play, they're going to play Boston the first round. Well, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. That's not going to be fun for them. No, 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 no. It's going to be fun for us to watch. Yeah, and that looks like. Let's see, where's that? That means it's Tampa, Montreal, or no, Tampa, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Tampa, wow. Carolina. Tampa, Carolina. Yeah. Right. Crazy. All right, dude. Well, you know, trade deadline coming up. I don't think we're going to see a lot of movement from the Sharks' perspective here. We might see a a, a fourth-line player pickup. We're not going to see fireworks like we saw last year. But you know what? I'm fine with that. The Sharks are in first place. They beat Calgary handily. Let's keep the bus rolling. There's no glaring weakness on this team, dude. And, uh, yeah, keep the gang together. Let them. They're peaking at the right time. Let them continue to gel. Go Sharks! Carlson, get healthy. Yeah. show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league